0: I know the human being and... Science. Science. ...can cause just peaceful This... ...without finding...
1: Okay, can we be heard is the microphone... Okay, it is. Guys, welcome to P-J-Dish, I'm Nathan. I'm Sean. Okay guys, we're on our part three, which may or may not be our final part. We've spent the last couple episodes talking about HIV AIDS, and this episode we're finally getting, or not getting, to the sexy conclusion, <laughs> which is HIV AIDS treatment. Now, guys, the last weekend before recording, Sean spent it in Ohio, which I later learned is a place in California. Yes. Where Sean drank olive oil yes. and rewatched Marvel films. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and Sean got really involved in the notes. It turns out that there are, of course, the prior treatments to HIV-AIDS, which are all very interesting, and work on different moments of HIV's attempted replication in our cells. And each of them, of course, deserve time as a subject. But then Sean also realized that CRISPRs, the mRNA vaccine, all the emerging fields of HIV-AIDS treatments are themselves really fascinating and all deserve their time. Suffice to say, Sean fucked up. And, uh... <laughs> The reason I've been vacillating is this may be our final episode. We may have a part four, in which case this episode will all be about our current treatments for HIV AIDS. And our next episode, our true final episode, will be about emerging fields in HIV AIDS treatment, vaccination, and care. Great. That was good. Okay, great. Well, let's get into it. <laughs> 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 you
0: <dick. laughs> So, you know, in the early days of the HIV AIDS epidemic, the, you know, very late 70s and then into the 80s, there was so much mystery about what the actual causative agent was. Right. That it was really tough for anyone to know how they could help, really, in these right. people that had developed AIDS. So the first thing that they had to do was what we did in our first two
1: episodes, right? Let's right. figure out the actual mechanics of HIV Which we get
0: to around like the 90s and early aughts, right? Right. So, you know, first they're like, okay, we figured it out. It's a virus and everything. But then (laughs) even from there, there was so much extra work to do. It was not actually a small feat to discover what that agent was and then how it works and everything. So there was a lot of biology background that we had to build up. Right. You you guys got to remember that
1: like the 1980s was utterly indistinguishable from now, in that a large portion of the population was like, it's a plague from God,
0: right? So so
1: that, the Reagan administration obviously inhibited really figuring out what was going on for a while.
0: Yes, that is accurate. But nowadays, we actually have a lot of different kinds of drugs that can be used to help fight against HIV AIDS. And the best way to understand current treatments
1: is how each of them affect a different stage of HIV's spread in your body.
0: Right, yeah. And so that's why we did all that legwork with the previous two episodes, right? right? Especially the last episode. We talked so much about these details, about things like CCR5 and reverse transcriptase. We did all of that so that you could understand how these different treatments work. And then in a certain sense, kind of understand how cool it is that we built this arsenal to specifically target these things about how HIV works. So... Let's start out by talking about the seven drug categories that we have for things that can be used to treat HIV AIDS. So numbers one and two are both reverse transcriptase inhibitors, okay? And so reverse transcriptase, that's the viral protein we talked about last time that takes the virus's RNA and turns it into DNA, right? And then later on, another protein can help shove that DNA into our genome, right? But that means reverse transcriptase is a really important step for how hiv works it needs to have that reverse transcriptase to turn its rna into dna okay so how does it work then how do these drugs work right so i said categories one and two are reverse transcriptase inhibitors category one are ones that look a lot like nucleotides nucleotides are the things that make up dna and rna right like the a t g and c that you guys remember from right. like you know whatever high school um, adam theo for god yep uh g for god Doing great. And then
1: uh, uh, and then C for... Um, Christ. Christ. Nice, dude. <laughs> nice, dude.
0: <laughs> we nailed it. Okay, so the Adam, Theo, Christ, God, <laughs> nucleotides. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so those are all the building blocks that you'd use to make DNA. Right. And so what they found is that there are certain molecules that you can make that look... Pretty similar to nucleotide. Okay, tricky, tricky. But not exactly like the nucleotide. So what they do is they get taken up by reverse transcriptase because it's trying to build DNA. Right? right. So it gets taken up and then gums up the inside of the reverse transcriptase. It binds inside and then blocks it from being able to work. Right.
1: It. Much like gum. I mean, that's famously the way Putin killed some of the guys who were hanging out in Britain. Is he had him eat gum and Damn. they didn't even know like in shepherd's pies for like two years
0: until like literally it gummed up and and come poop and blew up. So how is this happening to you? What like you what mean? you're doing right now. Why did your brain do that? I want because there. How does my brain connect a historical event with see, what like, you're talking is, about? The thing is, like, so so I did say gums up, right? But then why you took that and then went to the literal gum and then connected that to what Putin did not actually do historically, right? You made like that apologist. Like you, you how just... are you doing this? I'm just, I'm just Who pays you? I'm just blown lie. away with how your brain works. Anyway. <laughs> (laughs) What the f***? Okay, Um, so we're gumming up the works with these fake nucleotides. Right, and so that is a specific kind of reverse transcriptase inhibitor. Right. There's a whole other class of them, which is drug category 2, where they do bind... To reverse transcriptase and stop it from working, okay. so they are inhibitors. But they don't look like a nucleus. They don't look like nucleotides. They bind a different part, so they don't get like sucked up and then reverse transcriptase tries to use them. They bind to some completely different area. Okay, but that does mean you can use them both at the same time. Yeah, and they'll they'll bind to different spots and both inhibit okay. reverse transcriptase. And this
1: is before it's it's even in our DNA, so it's very early in the life cycle.
0: Right. This is like after the virus gets inside your cell, but before it's shoved itself into your DNA. Okay. Well, what about the, so that's two ways out of seven, right? Right. So then now options number three, four, and five are all kind of grouped together. You could call them entry inhibitors. Okay. So reverse transcriptase is after the virus gets inside the cell. But But let's say you missed that and it's getting into your DNA. I'm talking about earlier. Oh, okay. I'm saying, what if, what if we actually wanted to try to block the virus before it gets into your cell at all? Okay, okay, right? okay. So that is an option. One of them is a drug that can bind to CD4. Now, just as a brief refresher from last week, okay? CD4 is the protein on our cells that the little protein on HIV, sort of like the spike protein from coronavirus, that little protein on HIV likes to bind to CD4. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so CD4 is on our cells on the surface. We can put in a drug that will bind to CD4 after the virus has attached. But for the virus to get inside of our cells, it sort of needs like a one, two, three step process. Mm -hmm. It has to bind to CD4, then it's got to bind to CCR5, and then it's got to fuse with the membrane. This antibody can come in and basically just like literally shove itself in the way... So the virus can't bind to CCR5. It can't do step two. It can only do step one. Okay. And so that basically blocks it from being able to fuse and get into the cell. All right. Well, that's good. We also have drugs that can bind to CCR5 and also get in the way and keep it from being able to do step two again. Mm -hmm. And then finally, we have drugs that can bind basically the protein that's used to fuse the virus to the cells. Okay. So in every part of the entry, if the entry is a three-step process, right. we have drugs that can kind of fuck with each one of those steps. Okay. Well,
1: how else could HIV pose a problem, right? So we prevent it from getting this, or at least there's some drugs to prevent it from getting into the cell. Some drugs to prevent it doing its crazy
0: transcriptase shit. Yep. yep. Okay. What else is there? Right. So right after the reverse transcriptase shit. Is the integrase step, and right. so integrase is another viral protein. That's how it takes its DNA and shoves it into our DNA. Right? Okay, and that part is really dangerous because that's how you get this like really long-lasting reservoir of HIV. Right, that can last your entire lifetime. It's because it's hiding out inside of our cells' DNA. Okay, right? but we can design shit to bind to the integrase, right. so it gets confused. Right, so basically it can't do its job anymore. So we have inhibitors that will block integrase from working. Okay. Okay? And then lastly, when HIV kind of wakes up and it turns the cell into a virus factory, it needs to make new viruses. Like, that's the whole point, right? All right. And viruses are made up in part of proteins. And so that's part of the whole process is the virus reprograms your cell to make a bunch of viral proteins. All right. The thing about viral proteins is they kind of come out in like one long chain and then need to get diced up into the proper size proteins after. And that's what the protease does. Right, so there's this enzyme called protease that dices it up. So we stop the protease. Right, exactly. And so you just got these useless long strains. Right, and they can't really do their job right. Anymore. Like a spaghetti noodle, that's too long. Sorry. Yeah, I was Maybe trying it was to think see. about. I was like, what? What's the good? Like, it is like a spaghetti noodle, but then you but, don't normally but, dice up. But spaghetti too noodle. long.
1: <laughs> you <laughs> yes. need the bronze cutter to go dunk
0: dunk dunk to make yes. them edible. That's great, Nathan. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like.
1: All right, so let me first say that this all sounds like how does anyone have HIV anymore? It sounds like we got all these amazing ways to deal right. with it. Yeah. Um, that's the first thing I'm thinking. Yeah. In fact, that's the only thing I'm thinking. Okay, well, so that's... <laughs> As for
0: usual, I have enough room for one thought. Well, but see, that, that's a good question. And also you might think like, okay, if we have inhibitors for entry, yeah. why do we need to bother with inhibitors for later shit? Right. Just block all of it from getting in in the first place. I guess if HIV mutates a lot, maybe the inhibitors like will get outpaced by the virus. Right. So that is one risk, is that any one of these things could mutate some to make the drug less effective. right? And we did see that in the 90s. We were treating people mainly with the one that inhibits reverse transcriptase. Yeah, That was sort of like one of the early ones that we were doing. And we saw that there were some HIV strains that could kind of escape around that by mutating. Okay, right. So that's not great. And do any of these treatments actually fuck up a
1: different process in your body? Like, I mean, does binding to things that can reverse transcriptase I mean, does that fuck up with anything that makes your own RNA? I mean, that's right. something
0: that your RNA has to do with your so DNA, So that, So right? that's a really good question. Like, if you looked at it from, like, a really big category, yeah. like, anything that could mess up reverse transcriptase, some of those things would also fuck up our own DNA polymerase. Does the person just wh- fall apart?
1: Like, what does that look <laughs> well, like?
0: First of all, we would figure that out way before human testing. Ah, because the monkey would fall apart. Yeah, maybe a mouse or, or, you know, now cells in a dish or something like that. What does that look like? So the place where DNA polymerase matters, because the nucleotides we're using are the ones that would go into DNA, not RNA. Right, right. So DNA polymerase needs to happen when you're replicating a cell, when a cell is dividing. So what would happen is you would have failures in cell division, uh, but not all of our cells are dividing all the time. Right. So actually you wouldn't see like someone just like suddenly turn into a puddle of goop or anything. Right. What would, would happen just, is their stem cells would fail to work. They would just atrophy Uh you, and you then you'd, die. D- you'd probably see issues in certain tissues sooner. Right. So for example, you'd probably, unfortunately, see their immune cell and red blood cell count go down. Right. Because a lot of division is happening to make your blood cells. Right. Liver- issues might crop up there's some turnover in the liver and stuff like that so th- there are different spots where you'd see these issues come up yeah skin maybe yeah. you'd see some skin for issues. me my brain cells because oh, there's always more of them you're always turning those around yeah yeah <laughs> there's a big turnover <laughs> in my brain cells <laughs> um so yeah you know the, it's like a 7-eleven in there so there would be selective issues in these places where you see a lot of cell division right the thing is that there's many 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 things that can inhibit something like a reverse transcriptase. That don't really fit well into our DNA polymerase. Legit. Since this virus is not related to us very closely. Right. The reverse transcriptase is... It's structurally different. It is structurally different. And we nice. can exploit that to try to make drugs that are more specific to that and don't really fuck with our polymerase very much. Nice. Exploitation. Nice. <laughs> yes. All right. So um, that's the answer to that one. And then generally speaking, no one of these particular ways of trying to defeat HIV works perfectly. Right. Right. Like when we talked about like, oh, it inhibits the reverse transcriptase. I don't mean it in the sense of like it 100% shuts it down. Yeah. It just means it makes its job not work quite as well. Sometimes it's inhibited. Cool. So you really do want to layer it, right? You want to get a lot of these different layers on there and sometimes double up on more like two reverse transcriptase inhibitors instead of just one at a time. Yeah. And that way you can really shut things down and you can catch anything that slips through one layer of your defense there you go yeah so that's why we got so many of these different options
1: okay well let's take a break and then we're going to take some of what we just talked about and talk about the actual current treatments right exactly today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut with HelloFresh, you get free pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door skip all those trips to the grocery store, and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off including free shipping on HelloFresh Canada, Canada's number one meal kit. So uh, what treatments exist for someone who is at a higher risk of contracting HIV than the normal population?
0: Yeah, so first I want to define a few terms because I'm going to say them and then uh, I'm not going to think about defining them later on.
1: HIV means human (laughs) immunodeficiency syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, that's, oh that's no! Not, that's not even no. It. <laughs> no, <laughs>
0: um, but, it means human immunovirus. <laughs> so, so no. one thing, one thing that I'll say is I might say HIV positive and HIV negative. Yeah. Okay. And by that, I mean whether or not they've ever been actually infected by HIV before. Okay. 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 But I will also say the terms seropositive and zero negative. Yeah. And the sero part is talking about serum. Yeah. It's talking about your blood. Yeah. And seropositive, negative is, can I detect HIV in your blood? Yes. Because you could be HIV positive. As in yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. This wasn't. <laughs> I didn't even mean it like this. This wasn't a call-in show. You didn't need to, like, tell me your answer. Um, <laughs> zero positive can mean that you are HIV positive. Right. And I can detect it in your blood. Right. But you could be HIV positive and negative, in that you've been infected, but there's no detectable amount in your blood. Okay. Especially if you're on some of these treatment regimens we're talking about. Okay. Some of these, the whole point is, look, we're not curing you. We're not turning you from HIV positive to HIV negative. That mm-hmm. would be a cure. Right. What we're trying to do is take you from positive to seronegative. Right, and when you're sero-negative, you're not really infectious anymore. Nice, as in you can go about your life. You don't have virus in your blood. Yeah, and you can do all kinds of fun things. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean we? <laughs> okay, okay. So uh, the first treatment we're going to talk about is prep. Yes. Um, I-, I think every listener in the world has thought this about a lot of different medications. Did they choose the name prep to be cute? Yes. Like it's prepping you, right? Yes. I don't like that. It should be called like Papu Smittabau,
0: right? Like, if she have okay, like well, weird name. So, Okay, hold on. First of all, it should be, be Pap Smear. Is what I said, right. <laughs> PrEP is not the name of a drug. Right. PrEP is a treatment strategy. Right. That's prepping you. And it stands for pre exposure
1: prophylaxis. That's kind of what I'm talking about, though. Is it like kind of annoying? How. Like, it's so coy, right? Like,
0: like. Yeah. Oh, and it stands for something. It's called well, PrEP. It's like, fuck you, dude. But You're just saying PrEP. Scientists get to have fun so rarely. Yes. <laughs> but like, honestly, like, you read papers a lot where, like, someone will come up with an acronym and it's right. like, this is called CLUSTER. And it's, <laughs> like, for, like, crispy little undulants. It's like, all right, calm down, guy. Do guys. you ever do
1: that? <laughs> uh, did I ever... Because I feel like you're creative in your personal life and sexually,
0: and so you don't need that, like, in the laboratory, right? Like, you can just be down. I've only made acronyms that don't, like form a word. Okay, okay. Like, like I've done FNP to shorten flash nano precipitation, yeah. but, like, FNP's not something. FNP sounds like something.
1: It sounds like the Fulanese National Party, right? Like, Ooh, yeah, it sounds like I something. I kind of like the FNP. It sounds, I like, vote for them it sounds like something like in East <laughs> Congo. Okay. Uh, oh, anyway. Okay.
0: PrEP. Yeah, PrEP. Pre-exposure prophylaxis. That's our first treatment that we care about. Right, and that one is for people that are HIV negative. Okay. Okay. In other words... You are not infected with HIV. Right. You have never had it, right? You certainly do not have AIDS. Right. You've never been infected, but you live in circumstances where you might encounter someone that's HIV positive. Right. For example, you might have a partner that is HIV positive. Sure. Yeah. And to lower risks, to basically make it so that you can still kind of comfortably have sex with that person. Right. You can undergo PrEP. Treatment. It's weird to think of people who can comfortably have sex,
1: right? Like, like it's just you know, we're, we're, the three of us sitting in this room—it's hard to imagine, right? Oh my god,
0: man, you just dunked on all of us. That's rough. That's that's rough. <laughs> If you weren't so two, right, I'd be protesting. Right. and two of like, the three the people in this room have sex with each other. Oh, okay. So, if you fall into the categories where you have this heightened risk of being exposed to HIV... Right. ...what you can do is you can take, basically, treatment drugs... Right. ...for HIV daily. Okay. All the time. Is it like a pill or is it something that sucks, like an it's, injection? It's a pill. Okay! It's a pill hey. that has two drugs in it. Yeah. And basically, the two drugs are emtricitabine and a tenofovir. Okay. The tenofovir, sometimes it'll have a second word on it because it's some kind of pro-drug version of tenofovir. Right. That turns into the active form once it's in your body and your cells, like, fuck with it and stuff like that. I hate that. It actually means that there's two formulations you can buy. You can buy Truvada and you can buy Discovy. Hilarious. Both from the same company, Gilead. Gilead. Yeah. But they have the same... Gilead, huh? Yeah. Whoa. Anyway. Um, (laughs) Both of those two formulations... Both have tenofovir and m
1: So if you can just take this in pill form, why don't we just like... Just like how we iodize salt. Why don't we just like truvada as like <laughs> pepper.
0: Uh, just put it everywhere?
1: Yeah. It can't uh, be
0: that expensive, right? So people can have some small side effects from it. Ah, okay. And occasionally some people will have bigger side effects and they need to stop doing it, right? Mm. So it is a drug. I, th- I hope everyone understands. Like, there's been a lot of talk but all kinds of shit during COVID, right? right. Including about like ivermectin right. and stuff like that. We're like... Hey guys, it's just meant
1: as a taste amplifier, <laughs> right? It's just, you sprinkle just a, just a little bit, just
0: a little bit like MSG to bring umami flavors out of foods. So all of this stuff is drugs. <laughs> all of it can have an impact on your body, right. okay? Right, right. None of the drugs that you're taking is like completely impactless, okay? Right. It's just I mean, like, that's
1: kind of the reason it's even worth
0: taking. Yeah. Right? I mean, Lord They're knows. are supposed to do something.
1: Right. Lord knows you could take things like lead that, you know, the elite want you to think aren't good for you, <laughs> right? But really are harmless. Wow. <laughs> right? right. This is not like lead. That's
0: great. <laughs> this has an impact on <laughs> you. So, Prep for yeah. HIV purposes, right, was approved in the US by the FDA in 2012. Right. So, it's been a little bit under a decade that's been available. Okay? And again, it's cheap and readily available. <laughs> well, it's like it wholesales for two thousand a month. It's a lot of money in the U.S. That's that's a lot, dude. And it's something that you're supposed to take all the time, mm. right? There is technically a different dosing strategy called two one one. Okay. It's not approved by the FDA. Oh, interesting. But there are some trials for it, and there's some like you can like get it described to you, like how you can try to do it. Basically, the idea is if if you know when you're gonna have sex, like it's like planned out, mm. then 24 hours before you have sex. Or within that 24-hour yeah. pre-sex period, you take Truvada twice. Right. And then in the 24 hours, like after having sex, you take it once And the day after that, you take it once.
1: Okay, that's not so bad. So that means I would take it eight times a year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Boy, Stacy's look says you're taking it zero times this year. (laughs) Yeah, you got the eyebrows, buddy. Um. Anyway, so you know, there's a little bit like some talk about getting a generic form. Obviously, it's cheaper in other countries than in the U.S.
1: Right, sure, um, sure, sure.
0: But yeah, is it cheaper, like just in general, anywhere outside the U.S.? Or is it like cheaper in Canada and in like Uganda? It's like
1: really expensive.
0: Well, it's it is cheaper in places outside the U.S. that generally have cheaper drug prices. Right, and then also because it's considered an essential medicine by WHO, there's been a lot of efforts to get it sort of supplied cheaply to sub-Saharan Africa. Right. Because that's where there's kind of huge amounts of HIV transmission. So this is one
1: of those classic examples where American consumers spend a fuck ton to basically boy pharmaceutical companies and the rest of the world gets to buy it cheap.
0: Yeah, we basically... We subsidize. We we subsidize it. Yeah,
1: basically. So here's my question to you then. Yeah. If we had affordable drug pricing in America, uh, would the bomb just fall out of the entire pharmaceutical industry? And like prices would over the long term skyrocket because there's no funding, there's no like financial model for innovating anything?
0: Uh, I think that it would require more systemic changes than just that single change. Right. Like I think in general, drug discovery and stuff like that actually is a common good. Right. And so realistically... We should just say it's for chumps! <laughs> well, it's just like, you know, conceptually, common goods are supposed to be things that people commonly pay for, like, across the board, right? Like, right. Like, kind of the whole point of federal funding for something like that should be for common goods. Right. So... Because I'm saying, you know... Deprivatize all the pharma... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Didn't you work for a pharma company? I work for a biotech startup. <laughs> <That's different, laughs> there, you go, there you go. Different sizes. <laughs> anyway, great. All right, all right, all right. I just said that. Anyway, okay. uh, but one thing I do want to say, the last thing about PrEP, is the two drugs that we talked about, m and tenofovir, Ooh. are both examples of reverse transcriptase inhibitors. Okay. So they're actually, they hit the same protein... They synergize a little bit with each other, but they're actually both the kind that look like a nucleotide. So they're very similar to each other. And this is an example where we're just using that one strategy, but with two kind of overlapping drugs in terms of their function. Okay. And this is just mainly the whole idea is, okay, if you did get a small transmission of HIV virus particles into your body, you already have all of this drug sitting around, ready to go. And even if it manages to get inside of one of your cells, it'll get inhibited, and then there won't be any further infection, basically. Okay, let's take a break,
1: and then we're going to talk about Plan B.
0: The following is an actual advertisement.
1: Do you love role-playing or tabletop games? Do you love Monster of the Week shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Supernatural? Do you wish you could find a podcast that combines all of those things? Well, look no further. Thornvale is a narrative-driven actual play podcast following three monster hunters as they fight to keep a small town in Florida safe from the creatures that threaten it. It's full of action. So do you actually say that? Yes, I'm actually going to say that. I'll be like, I'll distract him, you get him. And so I'm going to try... Okay, Bjorn, how are you going to get him? Um, Comedy. i just got this image in my head, now. this is me, not Sammy, of this dragon that was collecting materials for a chicken farm. <laughs> <laughs> and truly awful dice rolls.
0: Nope, another three. That's that's my my, second three in a row. Oh my gosh.
1: (laughs) We're killing this thing. If that sounds like it's up your alley, then look us up wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, so let's imagine you're exposed to HIV unexpectedly, and so you're not on PrEP. What is
0: the treatment there? Right, so this happened a pretty serious number of times to like, healthcare workers during the 80s and 90s. Right. Right. And sometimes it could be things like they drew blood with a syringe and then they accidentally pricked themselves with a needle or something. Right. I'll
1: tell you what, if you're clumsy, you should not be doing this work, am I right? <laughs> like me, I get HIV like in nineteen seventy nine. I mean for other reasons. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say it was a French uh, <laughs> uh, steward stewards. Um, okay. There actually is a guy who works at Air France who I think like likes me. Like uh, we were talking, he's like this older gentleman you know he's like you have a great spirit oh. you know like i love the way you are and i was like oh thank you and he looked at my ring he's like you're married oh and i was like i was like yeah married and he's like you know hoping i was like hoping for kids and he was like uh, don't hope too much <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow that's great frenchman hey. yeah i know right we can't all live your bohemian lifestyle right
1: okay? right <laughs> <laughs>
0: It was pretty uh, flirty, though. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> he's,
1: like, walking by. He's, like, pointing, right, that way that the <laughs> He's like, don't, don't do too much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're like, damn, dude. Oh, uh, goddamn. <laughs> he's hungry like the wolf. <laughs> yes. um, La boheme. So, if you do get exposed to HIV, you can undergo a treatment strategy called post-exposure prophylaxis. Right. Or PEP. Mm. So, not PrEP. Yeah. But PEP. Named after the famous...
1: Soccer coach. Pep Guardiola.
0: <laughs> Great. Let's cut it. I'm ashamed. No, that was fun. I, I don't care if you seem silly. I'm blushing. Um, so this PEP strategy actually gets used outside of HIV, too. It's an, it's not just an HIV-AIDS strategy. I see.
1: So this really is like a strategy. Right. And the drug regime changes based on the thing. Right. Yes. Definitely. Okay. So for, for example. this prep is just
0: some bullshit. <laughs> Uh, With rabies, we use a PEP strategy. Oh, damn. Okay, because rabies is an incurable disease. We don't have any cure for rabies. And it'll kill you relatively quickly. Yeah. I think I just saw an NPR article about a guy who died of rabies. Yeah, people still die of rabies. But the whole idea is that if you think you've been exposed to rabies really quickly... You need to go to a doctor and tell them, and then they will basically give you the rabies vaccine. Right. And the rabies vaccine is a vaccine, but it works faster than rabies can infect you. Oh, wow. Rabies takes a little bit to get going. Okay. It has to, like, move along your neurons and trek for a while. Right. This is kind of like invading Granada. Right?
1: You know, American Marines under Ronald Reagan can move faster than political change on a Caribbean island. (laughs) So you get in there and you inhibit that process. Is you said Granada? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 the, the Caribbean island of Granada, but spelled with an A instead of an E at the end, I think, or, or the opposite, because I think I think it's E-N-A, Granada. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think That's was, a different place. I think, yeah, yeah, it's a Caribbean island, it's 82, uh, I mean the whole premise is wrong.
0: I mean, A <laughs> it's not useful. Right. B, um, I think I think there was a coup. And then they sent. It's, you're still blowing my mind, though, because I didn't realize that there was another place in the Caribbean that was called this and not what we're talking about over in the Iberian Peninsula. slash I know, North right?
1: America. It's like the Georgia thing.
0: Yeah, we're like, what Georgia
1: are we talking about? Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah that's yeah. fun. Okay, let's keep going. Why was I thinking about Georgia the other day? There's some kind of reason.
1: Maybe thinking about like early wines or something, like early horticulture, maybe thinking about like ex-Soviet
0: states. Oh, Stalin's from Georgia. Here's why I was thinking about Georgia, yeah. is because there was a time period where like East Georgia maybe was called like Iberia, because there was like an I- Iberi <laughs> tribe or something like that over there. Oh. And I was like, how is it that this fucking place, there's, ah. there's Georgia and Georgia and that's confusing, and then there's also Iberia and Iberia, that's dumb. That's dumb and they need to take care of that. Don't you think sometimes just there's gotta be Illuminati, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just too many coincidences. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright. That's kind of interesting though, right? Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed talking about it. Yeah. Okay, so like I was saying, for rabies, right, there is already this pet procedure. So this isn't an idea that's just for HIV AIDS or something like that, right? But what do you actually get and how soon do you need to do it? For HIV AIDS, they recommend within 72 hours. If it's after 72 hours, you don't get a PEP course. You're basically treated like you are HIV positive. Right. In which case, you get a much fuller course of treatment. But within 72 hours, preferably within 24 hours, you get the fuck over to that hospital. I've gotten this training before. Right. You've gotten this treatment before. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a lot of needles, dude. Um, yeah. So you need to get over there and you need to start treatment as soon as possible. And what that treatment is, is first of all, it's the PrEP pill. It's like the same pill as PrEP. Uh, and then you take one additional pill that's basically another drug. And that other drug is usually one that's one of the integrase inhibitors. Right. So that's the step after So we're actually
1: retryptis. doing different, like our earlier categories, we're actually doing a couple
0: different ones to try to really fuck this HIV before it gets you. Right, right. And basically, you need to try to get this started, preferably in 24 hours, and then you need to keep doing it for like a month. Yeah from that one exposure because you'd like really want to keep that shut.
1: down. This is probably the wrong time to say it, but I think people really should take a moment to just appreciate how much study and experimentation has to go into the wide diversity of things that could hypothetically bind to these different proteins. Some of which fuck up, you know, whatever, like life cell, life cell, what am I saying? (laughs) Yeah. One of our (laughs) cells. Yeah. They fuck up your cell. They have to try out things that of course just don't work. And then they finally hit upon something that actually like specifically binds to the fucking integrase? Like, that's kind of... I mean, that that sounds exhausting. You know, yeah. that's
0: like the actual process of figuring the shit out, right? Yeah, and sometimes it works in one of two different directions. So, like, sometimes they'll be like, we need to find something to hit the integrase, right? Or that's their goal. Right. And then they'll screen a bunch of different shit that try to see, like, what binds to this at all? Right. What inhibits its function? And then, does this kill any of our stuff? Right. Right? But then other times they're like, what is any drug out of our... 50,000 drugs that we've ever invented. Right, that just happens to do that. that. That does anything to HIV, right? anything to HIV. Right. And then they're like, okay, we found, you know, these hundred that do something, how do they affect HIV? Right. And then they'll find out, oh, it's because it hits integrase. And, and then third time, a guy accidentally
1: licks his finger and is like, umami. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> like, it tastes sweet, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. sucralose, <laughs> eureka. So yeah. Okay, it, so pep and prep are working for people who are either don't have HIV at all yet, or are just exposed, which right. I guess is still kind of technically right. So the you, same category. You've definitely
0: never hit sero positive, right. right? As in, there's no detectable HIV in your blood. You still hate Michael Cera, <laughs> right? You, you, you I still mean, very sero negative. It's not
1: that you haven't seen the movies, <laughs> right? You just don't get it. Yeah. You you kind of liked Juno, but you weren't really watching Juno for him. Sure. And then you saw the Playlist movie, and you're like, this is too <laughs> much of
0: this guy. Oh, uh, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Come on. I kind of like that one. I kind of like it. Anyway. <laughs> but you're right. There's the next possible category of people. Yeah. It's people that are HIV positive, and they're seropositive. And maybe even they have AIDS. Right? right. Like these people that are like actually actively infected with right. HIV. What can we do for them? Right. And we do have a treatment. Right. And broadly speaking, it's called ART. Or antiretroviral therapy. Hmm. And that whole category is basically, you know, those seven different kinds of drugs we talked about at the start of the episode. All that shit. All seven categories. Whichever combination of drugs that fall into there, get that into people. And, you know, in some phases, like if someone has AIDS or if they are HIV sero-positive, then they'll give them pretty significant doses daily of like all of these drugs and then what can happen is about after maybe six months or so the hiv levels in their blood will drop to undetectable they'll become seronegative we know that they're not cured the hiv has integrated into their dna it's there now in their cells but there's no more hiv in their blood and then sometimes we can change the art to be like sort of a lower dose or something like that, a maintaining dose, or we can switch up the drugs a little bit. And so while it's a pretty intense course of a lot of different kinds of drugs and everything, this can turn people from seropositive to seronegative. And it can take people from having AIDS, basically having their immune system devastated to no longer having AIDS, right? So not a cure, but still it can be a very effective treatment. But even once you go seronegative, you can't stop art. Right. If you stop after maybe about a month, the virus in your blood can be back up to levels before you started in the first place. Right. So it'll take you six months to get down, but then only a month off of it, and you'll, you can shoot back up again. Right. And that's pretty expensive. It's pretty expensive to have a cocktail of so many different drugs, having to take it all the time for the rest of your life, basically. Even cocktails that don't cure anything <laughs> yes. are yes. fucking expensive! <laughs> yes. Yes, you go to a nice place, you get a cocktail. It's basically like a whole other entree. It's a gin and tonic.
1: (laughs) You're dying. (laughs) You spent $20 for poison. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's no fair. It's rough. Well, anyway, you know what, guys? We've gone through the treatments that exist right now that we know have saved a lot of lives and are super important to combating the HIV AIDS epidemic thus far. But we're going to save it for this episode. Next episode. We're going to talk about the kind of incredible frontier of HIV AIDS treatments that could
0: really overcome this affliction. Right. So, you know, I think one of the important things to take away from this episode are that keeping yourself from getting HIV is the best thing. And that's what PrEP and PEP are about. right? Right. If you become HIV positive, it is not the end of your life. There are things that can be done now. That can mean that you can go on and resume your life and do all the things that you were doing before. Right. So that is possible. But it's still not a cure. Right. It's not a cure. And the cure... that There are some people in the field that actively shy away from the word cure. They're, right. they're afraid of it now because there are not that many avenues where you could really cure someone if the HIV DNA is in their genome. Right. But next time, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about the couple of cases where someone does seem to have been effectively right. cured by a treatment right we're going to talk about vaccines which would not be a cure but would be an excellent way of keeping a lot of people from ever right. getting it And then we're going to talk about a few of the kind of like really futuristic-y, maybe potential cures. altered
1: carbon. Yes.
0: Foundation. Yes. And so that could be very, very cool. And all that stuff that's going to have to happen next time.
1: So let's throw our fears away and talk all day. We're curing HIV. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> that was good. That's the next episode, I guys. liked it. Um, okay, so let's say uh, thank you to Stacy Song, our sound lord and engineer and animator. Mm, thank you, Brian, for art. You can reach us at PetriDishPod at gmail.com, at DishPodcast on Twitter. You can throw us a buck or two a month at Patreon.com slash PetriDish. Mm-hmm. Guys, ich benign Science. See you next time. <laughs>